0: Our response this morning to the psalm was, Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. And then in the gospel today, we read about Jesus curing Simon Peter's mother-in-law and all of the other people in the town that were brought to Jesus. So it's something that I think many of you know is dear to my heart. The healing ministry And how is it that the Lord heals the brokenhearted? Because that's what really spoke to me at first as I got introduced to healing ministry. I did so because I myself recognized that I had a broken heart. And maybe that's the first step that is necessary in order to receive healing. You need to recognize on some level that you need it. So, I can assure you that we all need it to one degree or another. Sin leaves its mark on all of us, whether it's our own personal sin or the sin that we're exposed to in the world around us. Sin leaves its mark on all of us. And ultimately, Jesus came to save us or heal us from our sins. The two words are in English, we say save and heal but oftentimes they're used interchangeably in the gospel in the new testament so i think if we just pause for a moment we we realize that we've all been exposed to things and that, and we've all done things that indeed have in some way lessened our dignity as human persons as sons and daughters of god And that's another thing that the Lord does. As he heals us, he restores our dignity. The parable of the prodigal son, or as some people like to call it, the the parable of the loving father. As that younger son comes back and apologizes, what does the father do immediately? He restores his dignity. Because the son recognized that he had sinned, And in his mind, he was saying to himself, I'll just go back and ask my father if I can be a slave, if I can be a servant in his house, because I know that's even that would be a favor, because I don't even deserve that. But the father wouldn't have that. The father is so much better than that. So much more merciful and gracious than that. So the father snaps his fingers and orders the servants to come. Put a new robe on him, new sandals on his feet, and a new ring on his finger. This son of mine was lost and has been found. He was dead and is alive again. So all of that, which the father did for his son, was an expression Not only of love, but of dignity. The Father was restoring his dignity. And that's something that we all long for. We all desire to know that we're special. To know that we're loved. To know that we're known. To know that we're seen. That we're cared for. That we have a purpose. That we have value. All of these things speak to the deepest desires of our hearts. And God ultimately is the answer to all of those questions. John Paul II used to say that Jesus Christ is the answer to the question that is every human life. Why am I here? Where am I going? What's my purpose? Where does my value come from? Where does my identity come from? And Jesus wanted us to know very clearly that we belong to God, that we are his. And the Father was claiming us through the Son, in the Spirit. So we have had our dignity restored by God. God did it. We couldn't do it for ourselves. And all of this has been revealed to us. God has told us all of these things. He's made himself present in our midst. And our response to that is faith. It's faith. You've heard me say that up here before, but I don't think I can repeat it too many times. It's so fundamental. We need to be reminded of it. And this came to me the other day as I was praying. God reveals all these things to us, and you might say that he believes in you. God believes in your dignity, in your value, because he created you. He believes in your goodness, your intrinsic value he believes in that because it comes from him so he believes in you but he can't believe for you he can't believe for you what does that mean that means we all have to make it our own we have to make those acts of faith for ourselves And not to say we can't have people help us with that, like I'm trying to do up here this morning. But ultimately, it is something personal that God can't do for you. But of course, he wants to help you. He gives us the grace to do it. But we are free. And we have to exercise our freedom because as we exercise our freedom we actually grow in our true identity. Our dignity then increases, you might say. At least our awareness of our dignity increases. Our possession of it. Because we have to come into agreement with all that God reveals to us. And as we come into agreement with that, We grow. We grow in wisdom and knowledge. We grow in love. We grow in power and authority. Just as Jesus modeled for us. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. They knew who he was, the Holy One of God. And he he was revealing that slowly to different people at different times. But now he's fully revealed it to us. And it's true. We get, personally, doses of that revelation at different times. This is a privileged time and a privileged place to receive that revelation of God. And to have an encounter with the living God by hearing his word, and, and in a few minutes, by receiving him, his body, blood, heart, and soul, and divinity in the blessed sacrament, the Holy Eucharist. We're gonna have holy communion with God. And again, that's something that he desires, that he wants. But again, we have to make the act of faith. And as we do, it may not seem rational. It may not feel true to you in the moment. That's okay. That's okay. Keep making the act of faith. Keep believing. And God will keep confirming it for you. And you will grow in faith. As you have more and more experiences of God, your faith grows. So know that God wants you to have those. And the enemy would have us believe, oh, I'm not good enough, or I don't deserve it, I'm not worthy of it. But that's not the prerequisite. If that were the case, we would all be doomed. nobody would be saved. As I mentioned at the, at the start, all we have to do is acknowledge the fact that we are in need of God and that we desire to receive his healing touch, his loving embrace. And as I like to say, that's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit's the one that facilitates that encounter through the sacraments, through his word, in our prayer. The Holy Spirit goes to work. He's inside of you. We're all temples of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit helps us to get in touch with God, the Father, and the Son. And as we have those encounters, that's how we're healed. Because if we have broken hearts, if if parts of our heart are broken, damaged, wounded, it's probably because there was a lack of love or some abuse, which is a lack of love. And so then God comes with his love, his loving embrace. His words of affirmation, his tenderness, his divine affection. And this brings healing. This brings wholeness. This restores our dignity. And helps us to become all that God created us to be. You are all very special to God. He wants you to know that, but you need to believe it for yourself. And that's not pride. That's not vanity. When it's done in union with God, if you want, make a little act of faith with me this morning as we, as we wrap up here. Let's all make an act of faith together. Just repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, Amen. I believe that I am very special. God made me this way. Because God made me this way. Amen.